Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks. Welcome back to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where we give you the news without the noise, and we promise to give you just facts and not opinion or conjecture masquerading as facts. What a novel idea, huh? Thanks for joining me again. And I got to tell you, what a few days we've had since the last time we talked. We've got a pandemic or talk of a pandemic worldwide with this coronavirus, We've got political panic in Iowa, where an effort to go digital backfired at the caucuses. And we had a little petty larceny from my own car. My laptop was stolen while I was at work. I'm going to give you the scoop on all those things. Uh, And also, we're going to really dive into this coronavirus. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of new information. And the best way to arm yourself for a story like this, uh, particularly when there's a lot of media madness, is to focus on the facts get you the truth, and then you can make up your own mind. So that, that's what we're going to do today. But before we do that, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And when I come back, I'm going to tell you the story of how my laptop got stolen from my car on the eve of impeachment and what we've learned about it since. This story broke over the weekend, and I've been getting a lot of requests for people to talk. You're going to hear it first here on John Solomon Reports when we get back from the commercial break. Deborah's home was stolen. Now, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest-growing white-collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity, gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need Home Title Lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. All right, welcome back to John Solomon Reports, where we're going to talk about the world alert on the coronavirus and whether we're actually going to enter an era known as a pandemic or whether this will be stemmed before it gets to that level. But uh, before we do that, I want to 
do something I'd like to do on this podcast, and that is to occasionally go back and go over some stories that you might not have heard of that are falling below your radar that I think are very important. And one of those, I'm going to take you to London, uh, where there was over the weekend yet another terrorist knifing attack where uh, a person tried to stab people on the street in the, uh, in the great city of London. Uh, what we've learned about that person is he was recently released from prison uh, as a result uh, of an earlier terrorism conviction. And why is this important? I mean, we have a lot of these episodes now, and you're asking me, well, wh why should we focus on this one? Well, this issue of terrorists being freed from prison is going to become very real, both in Great Britain and here in America. And that's because uh, in London, there are d scores of people charged with material support of terrorism and other terrorism crimes that are due to be released in the next months and few years. And the question is, are we going to be safe when they're put back out on the street? Are we going to uh, see recidivism and, and repeat terrorism? If so, what's the right way to deal with this here in America and in London? And this is not a situation that is unique to London. Uh, we have many people who are in prison now, convicted in the aftermath of 9-11 of such crimes as material support for terrorism that are due to be released or eligible for parole or probation uh, in the next couple of years here in America. Yes, it's hard to believe, but it's been 20 years nearly since that awful day on September 11th. And we have to deal with this issue here. Expect a lot of good reporting at Just the News on this issue in the next year. We're going to dig into this. What do we do to the, with the people who are about to be released who are terrorists or supporters of terrorists? When they get out of prison, will we be safe? What's the right solution just the News is going to be covering that as a full-time beat. So let's stay, stay on top of that. Uh, a second issue that we just have to talk about are the Iowa caucuses. Yep, this was supposed to be the flawless kickoff of the Democratic primaries in 2020, and it turned out to be a disaster. They couldn't uh, announce results in real time last night because of a major digital breakdown. This is the first time the caucuses were going to use an app, a mobile app, uh, where uh, local caucus leaders were going to report in their results to the state party in real time. It was supposed to be the go digital moment of Iowa politics, and it, and it turned out to be the disaster moment in politics in Iowa. And why do I mention this? Because there's a lot of talk in America today, particularly on the West Coast, closer to the Silicon Valley, that maybe it's time for America to go to digital voting, online voting. Well, this Iowa caucus moment the failure of the app, the inability of humans to deal with a technology glitch is obviously going to cause great damage to the reputation of the Iowa caucuses. Some people say it might even knock the caucuses as the first kickoff election of the 2020 or future primaries because of this. But uh, it's a real reminder that democracy and technology are not quite ready for prime time, the advancement of technology and in, in democracy in elections. There's a lot more work, and I would suspect that this episode in Iowa will be a reminder that those who want online voting will need to vet, 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 check, 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 and make sure that we can get these things right before we put democracy at risk, before we put voting at risk in uh, American elections. So keep an eye on the fallout from the great Iowa disaster of February 2020. And finally, uh, I wanted, the third story I want to talk about today is one a little more personal to me. Yes, the reports on Twitter and at Real Clear Politics are true, 
back on Martin Luther King Day. I was in town. I had my laptop with me because I had a, a business meeting that required my laptop. I got a call to meet uh, a source somewhere, and I parked my car in the street near the White House, and uh, I do something I almost never do, which is leave the laptop locked in the car. I had it hidden. It was under a seat, under a jacket. Um, it wasn't visible from the window, uh, but my worst fears were realized. I was in a meeting in the interview, and my alarm on my phone went off indicating that my car had been access, accessed without a key, and I ran outside. It took me a little bit of time to get there, but when I got out there, I realized that someone had stolen my briefcase with the laptop in it from the back seat of my car. Now, this was right near the White House. There were Secret Service officers all around and cameras all around. The great officers at the Secret Service were really helpful. They were able to get a uh, some video footage and, and show that a man did walk up to my car and pop the locks and uh, get my laptop. It took less than 17 seconds. It looks like he was certainly looking for my car, but... We don't know who he is yet. You can't tell from the video footage, according to law enforcement, who it is. The good news is I had a lot of countermeasures and security on the laptop, and I encourage every one of you, if you haven't taken the time to set up security tracking on your laptop, do it now because I set this. I bought this laptop in 2013. In 2014, I took some time with some old law enforcement officials to put some security measures on it, thinking I'd never use it. Just give me peace of mind, and let me tell you, on, uh, on that night when my laptop was stolen, these security measures made a huge difference. Um, what we've learned, I've brought a security firm in and they've checked my home and my car and my uh, computers. No threats there, no, no monitoring devices. But what we learned is that twice after the people who took my laptop uh, got it, they opened it up and tried to exploit it, tried to do something on it. But uh, they ran into the security provisions on my computer, which is a very good thing. And it frustrated them. They dumped the laptop a couple blocks from the White House, and I had the GPS tracking capability on it from uh, Macintosh, was able to locate the computer, alert security, and they were able to get me my laptop back. I'm deeply grateful for the security guard who found it and rounded it up for me and gave me a call. Uh, but uh, we don't know yet. I know a lot of people want to know, was this an intentional effort to steal my reporting on that laptop? Was it just a street crime? The answer is we don't know. There's some evidence that leans both ways, and, and what I'm going to do is let the law enforcement officials, the good detectives and officers working the case, try to solve this. The good news is the private security firm that I hired who came in and looked at the laptop, they don't believe that the bad guys got anything off my laptop, whether that was their intention or not. Uh, we, we certainly know that the information I had on there was safe. The other good news is uh, at the end of the day, um, I have my laptop back, and uh, we're back to reporting. And that's what I really want to be doing, reporting, not talking about being in the news myself. So, all right, speaking of the news, when we come back from the commercial break, let's dig into that coronavirus and get you the facts and figures so you can make up your own mind about how big a deal this really is going to be. Imagine this Valentine's Day story is you. You're parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes. Glancing in the mirror, you notice you got those wrinkles and large under-eye bags. You rummage through your bag thinking, where's my secret weapon? And there it is. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in just minutes. It's the Valentine's gift you give yourself. Go to triplexiderm.com and enter voices, that's V-O-I-C-E-S, 
at triplexiderm.com for 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. Again, enter voices, V-O-I-C-E-S, at triplexiderm.com to get 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention the code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, so get to my special discount. Enter VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S, at triplexiderm.com. Deborah's home was stolen. No, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest-growing white-collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity, gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need home title lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. All right, welcome back from the commercial break. And again, I want to thank everybody every advertiser, everyone that supports this show. We can't do the type of journalism that we do at justthenews.com or at John Solomon Reports Podcast without the financial support of such great advertisers. So thank you. And if you're out there listening, please support our advertisers, buy their products, show them uh, you love them uh, for supporting this show. That would be greatly appreciated by me. All right, off to the coronavirus story. That's a big one. And uh, since we last talked, the number of infections and the number of deaths have grown quite a bit. And there is talk for the first time that we may be dealing with a pandemic, meaning that the disease would grow worldwide and, uh, and transmit at a rate that would cause health officials great alarm and lead to quite a few uh, novel or extreme uh, medical prevention efforts. Uh, but we're not there yet. And the question is, where are we? And I want to start with a quote uh, from a, a World Health official yesterday. So the head of the World Health Organization, the UN Health or Organization, yesterday suggested some countries like America may be acting too extremely in the face of this emerging coronavirus outbreak in China. Specifically, the WHO chief said there was no need for measures that, quote, unnecessarily interfere with international travel and trade, close quote. In other words, don't wreck the economy. We can stop this virus without these measures. Now, here in America, we have air carriers who've stopped some service to infected areas of China. We have the U.S. military affecting, uh, evacuating Americans from the hot zone in China and quarantine, quarantining them in a um, military base in California for up to 14 days. And we have very aggressive screening of folks trying to enter the U.S. who had visited the affected regions of China. And we have some travel restrictions on those trying to come to the United States directly from China. And the question is, are we overreacting? Is that response over the top, given the nature of the threat where we have 20,000 plus infections worldwide, 400 plus deaths so far, and nearly all of those are overseas, not here in America? So is it too much? Well, let's listen to what Dr. Nancy Messonnier, the director of the CDC's National Center 
for Respiratory Diseases had to say Monday about why we're taking such an aggressive stance. And the goal here is to slow the entry of this virus into the United States. Our second line of defense in this strategy is a public health system that is on high alert to detect this virus in the healthcare setting. We'll continue to monitor the situation and adjust accordingly, either pulling back or strengthening these measures. These actions are science-based and aimed at protecting the health and safety of all Americans. Okay, so you heard what Dr. Massonier had to say. The goal is to keep the virus out of the country, and if it does sneak in, to catch it quickly with doctors and hospitals, walk-in clinics, and quarantine those patients so it doesn't spread across the United States like it has in China. And so why are U.S. officials so worried about this virus? That's the real question, right? Well, let's compare it to the normal flu. This year, the flu, uh, particularly the B strain, has been particularly severe among young children with an unusually high number of pediatric deaths. Overall in America, the CDC reported yesterday, there's been an estimated 19 million cases of the flu this year and 10,000 deaths here in America. All right, let's do a little math, something I'm not normally good at. That's a mortality rate of 0.05% or five one hundredths of a percent. Pretty small percentage, still troubling, still concerning. You don't want to see anyone die, but pretty small percentage overall. Now let's compare that to the early data on the coronavirus as it's coming out of China. As of Tuesday morning, China's official health agency reported that there had been 20,438 cases of the coronavirus and 425 deaths inside their country. Now, that's a 2% mortality rate, way, way higher. So you can see early on why the CDC is acting so aggressively. There is some concern here, but we need to also put those numbers into perspective. First, in America, we've only seen 11 cases and no patients have died so far. We're very fortunate for that. And uh, the first patient diagnosed in the United States has already been released from the hospital to go back home and heal up. So that's a good sign that, uh, that we're past the, uh, he's past the contagion stage. Secondly, one of the other things to keep in perspective here, historically, in these early d- disease outbreaks, it is far easier to get the deaths early on than the total number of cases of the virus. And that means the mortality rate is often grossly exaggerated until the reporting of cases from doctors and hospitals catch up. And this underreporting is often expected in China, you know, where information flows are slow, where the government often doesn't like to give information out, and where medical care may not be as good in some places as it is here in America, where we're very blessed to have such talented doctors. Um, most medical experts I've talked to expect the mortality rate to drop quite a bit as the case numbers go up, but there's still some real concern here. Uh, particularly among those same medical experts I talked to, because this virus has spread and been transmitted so easily in China. Uh, I think uh, Dr. Masonia used the word explosive growth, very fast, rapid transmission in China. And that's what has people concerned. That's why they want to keep it out of the United States and other Western countries. Now, Dr. Masonia yesterday used the P word, yes, pandemic, uh, saying that the CDC is preparing for this to become a global pandemic. But That's a preparation scenario and not a formal prediction from the CDC. Most interestingly, uh, Dr. Masoni recalled back to 2009 when the outbreak of the H1N1 flu virus, remember that one? That was the last time we were talking about pandemics. And uh, that virus didn't originate in China. It originated right here in America. We were the first to detect it. 
Um, and Dr. Masoni goes back. She's actually yesterday when she was talking about the coronavirus, she was surrounded by a lot of the same CDC doctors who fought that flu virus. And what she had to say was very encouraging. She said that we're much better prepared to deal with this coronavirus outbreak than we were with the H1N1 uh, a decade ago. Uh, let's listen to exactly what she had to say. As I look around me at the staff working on this outbreak here at CDC, I see a lot of people who worked on the 2009 H1N1 pandemic. Rather than coming from abroad, that virus was on our doorstep when we recognized it. We didn't have much chance to prepare. Today, we are again seeing the emergence of a new virus that poses a very serious public health threat. This time, we do have time to prepare, and we are preparing as if this were the next pandemic. The goal of our public health response is to detect and contain introduction of this virus with the goal of preventing sustained spread of 2019 novel coronavirus in this country. All right. So you heard her. We're better prepared. Uh, we're taking very aggressive action to stop this from becoming a pandemic in the United States. Uh, and I think the numbers we gave you today give you a little bit of sense. So early on, the mortality rate looks really bad in China. But there's probably a significant underreporting of cases and that that mortality rate will stretch out. Uh, still, the transmission rates are concerning. And that is why you're seeing the CDC here in America, the Trump administration, the health experts in this country trying to keep it out of our doors when we can so that it doesn't spread here like H1N1 did a decade ago. That was our last known pandemic. And you saw those numbers, 60 million people, 60 million plus infected. So when something spreads like wildfire, uh, you don't want it to get to those big numbers. You want to slow it down. And that's what's going on here in the CDC. Now, the World Health Organization's concern injects both an economic and a political element. We're in an election here in 2020. President Trump is running on a strong economy. Uh, there's been a little bit of slowing in the economy. Not a lot, but a little bit. Still running strong. But the fear is that this pandemic may uh, slow down the global economy and have a backwards effect on the United States. That's a little bit behind what the WHO director was talking about yesterday, trying to warn about. We'll have to wait and see. I think there's both politics and economics in this. We're seeing some element of uh, intervention in the markets. China, which has watched its uh, stock market decline over the fear of this virus, uh, injected $1.2 billion just to get cash flow going into its banking system because things have slowed down. When you slow travel down, when you have people quarantined, when people are afraid to travel to provinces in China, it clearly has an economic effect. So we're gonna, that's one of the things we're going to have to keep an eye on. I know at Just the News, we're going to be reporting on the economy quite a bit uh, all throughout this election season, what it means, what the truth is, sorting fact from fiction. But I think long term, uh, as the CDC fights to keep this off our shores, the dynamic that could most directly hit America, if the virus doesn't reach here, is a slowing down of the global economy having an impact on the American economy. That's something we're going to have to watch, just like we're going to have to watch some of those terrorists uh, being released from prison in the next couple of years, and whether we'll actually be able to use digital tools in elections going forward. Um, I'll be watching my laptop a lot better, I promise you that, after what happened to me a couple of weeks ago. So vigilance seems to be the message out of today's podcast. And uh, we'll be back to you in a couple of days. Looking forward to talking again. Until then, uh, tell your friends. Please go to justthenews.com. 
Go to Stitcher and Apple and re- download not only John Solomon Reports, this podcast, but also my good friend David Brody's and his Pod's Honest Truth podcast that we launched last week. It's a great, great podcast. I really encourage you to download it, put it on your listen list, subscribe to it. Uh, you get facts from David and I. And starting soon, Cheryl Atkinson, the great reporter, uh, will be joining our podcast lineup within the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Very exciting times ahead at Just the News and our podcasting platform. Until the next time, have a good week. And remember here, we'll be sticking to the facts. None of that conjecture and opinion uh, that you see elsewhere in the media. We know you're coming to us for Just the News, and we intend to deliver it.